to the SALT podcast, where our mission is to create and prepare disciples ready to influence the world. My name is Mitch. We're super psyched to have you listening to us today. Sitting 1.5 meters away from me is... Renee! Hello, hello. It's good to be back here with uh, Mitch. But not only that, we have a very, very special guest who I'm very excited to have on the podcast today. And his name is Chewy. Um, and you guys probably don't know him, but his government name, his legal name <laughs> is Scott Hill. <laughs> hello, Scott. The AKA Chewy. My mama gave me. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? This I'm this amazing. Year. How are you guys doing? Yeah, not too bad. Pretty psyched to have you here. Um, on this podcast, we're going to talk to Chewy about his testimony and how God is using him as um, using him in his role here at college. Um, but before we get started, I just I have a question for those listening who aren't too sure. Where does the nickname Chewy come from? <laughs> Um, long story short, sorry, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, the in-between story. Yeah. Um, so as everybody experiences, um, puberty happened and, um, <laughs> a lot earlier for me. <laughs> and so, um, I started shaving at like 11 and, um, by the time I reached high school, I had a bit of a nappy hairy chest wow. and, um, so... Funnily enough, that ended up buying me lunch money a few days a week. <laughs> I won't expand on that. <laughs> oh, no. But um, obviously the nickname Chewy is, you know, from Chewbacca from Star Wars because I was um, really hairy when I was young. Nothing much has changed. It's just fitting now. So <laughs> It would be strange if it had changed. Yeah. yeah. In between now well, I've lost the stuff on top, but anyway. you got okay. an awesome beard, though. <laughs> you do. Very well You've made up you. for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So, um... Now, people at college um, will recognize you as uh, one of our security guys. Mm -hmm. Now, getting into that, uh, we'd just like to uh, discuss a little bit about the job with you. Um, we know that you are very strongly Christian as well. So how do, you, how do you fit security guard in with Christian? How do you make that your ministry? Um, to be honest, I probably don't fit that in with security i fit security in with my ministry Ooh. Ah. what does that um, mean well i guess short story like i sort of so a couple of years ago now i ended up taking over the coordinator's role after um our previous manager coordinator um was made redundant um that was a bit of a scary time because i thought we were sort of all in the line for um see you later um turned out to be one of the easiest meetings i've ever attended and um, at the end of that, I was asked to take on that role. Um, I said to them at the time, um, basically, if what you're asking of me is going to detract away from the reason that I stay here, and that is the ministry side of things, then I, I'm sorry, but I really have no interest. Um, I said, this may sound strange, but I've actually never had any interest in being a security officer, and I still don't. Um, even now? Even now. Wow. Um, which... <laughs> As you can imagine, shock them a yeah. little. Um, but I said, you know, to the best of my ability, I will fulfill my contract and keep people safe and lock doors and make sure property is safe. Um, but the reason I stay here is because of the opportunity that I have to do ministry. Mm. Um, they were aware of, you know, the prayer groups and stuff that um, I try to uh, do on my shifts. Um, and I said, you know, they don't interfere. I said, if the phone calls and I, it rings and I need to be somewhere, then that takes priority. But the reason I stay here is because of the opportunity that I have to do ministry with the students. Um, 
I have no interest in doing security anywhere but here. Mm. Um, I am a, um, I mean, my bread and butter before I got here was I was in the sign writing industry for nearly 10 years in New Zealand. Mm. Um, I moved over here to do theology, um, which didn't quite last one semester. Um, but uh, anyway, God works in mysterious ways and here I am. So, yeah. Was it tricky to navigate that change, like moving between countries to, um, to, to do theology and then not having it work out like you thought? Um, yeah, it was. it was. It was actually... So when I left here, I spent 11 months working at Sanitarium, um, packing wheat bags. Um, and I would say probably almost weekly, if not daily, I was, I guess, kind of looking up at the, sc- the sky going, why, God, why? Um, what am I doing here? Like, I had a great profession back in Christchurch, and now here I am packing wheat bags. Like, what the heck's going on? Um, this is not how I see my life. <laughs> and um, I, what, you know, to... To make that even worse, when I came over here, um, I received one of the first scholarships that was set up through um, my home church back in Invercargill, New Zealand, um, to fund South Island kids to come to Avondale College. Um, I was the first and only recipient of a full scholarship over here, so my tuition, my boarding, the whole lot paid for for four years. God opened up every door and window to get me here. And so when I got through, halfway through the first semester, to find that I just, I knew in my heart that that's not what I wanted to be. I didn't want to be a minister in the SDA church. I knew that I wanted to work with youth in some way, shape, or form. That's always been sort of a passion on the back of my mind. Um, I thought that the only way to do that was to come and do theology at Avondale College. Um, that's certainly an avenue um, and there is you know there's good result at the end of that but it's not for everybody Mm. and uh, it certainly wasn't for me Um, but obviously I couldn't figure out why I had clearly been bought here and then ended up packing wheat bicks at night time often doing 12-hour shifts and 70 plus hour weeks and kind of just going out of my mind um but yeah so i think it's really interesting how you see your role like you came here to do ministry theology but and in the sense like you you actually are doing ministry in its own way yeah. in a different way that yeah. i don't think many people are called to do it it's a very specific role that you're you're fulfilling which is really cool yeah i agree it's you know it really exemplifies the um the statement god works in mysterious ways um yeah yeah you know even how I ended up in this position. It's just weird. Mm. And it took me a minute to figure out what I was doing here because at this point it was kind of just another job. And um, then it took me a while to sort of figure out what was going on. But then once I realized that, I was like, you know, I grabbed it and went with it. And it's a blessing beyond blessings mm. I, I love my work here I, I know that I'm part of the probably 0.2% of the world that can get up every day and 
I mean, there's days that I would rather stay in bed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not mental, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but it works work. But on a whole, I get out of bed and I'm excited to come to work. I love my job. I love my colleagues. I love you guys. I, it's an honour to serve you guys here and um, to get paid for it on top of it. Pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Because like, yeah, talking about work and that aspect of being a security guard. Yeah. Um, has do you have like what's the craziest or dangerous thing that you've had to deal with as a security guard <laughs> at college? This is the question that it, you know crosses everyone's <laughs> I mean, mind. Yeah, we really want to know. Um, <laughs> look, not to make light of the work that my team and I do here, but security, as far as security things go on this campus, pretty low key. Um, I think you know, making sure we're ticking the boxes is a large portion of it. And I think a lot of my team continue to work here because we love you guys and we love Evendale College. Um, but as far as, yeah, excite, I mean, there's been things that pop up every new semester. There's students will come and say to me, did this happen? I go, <laughs> yes, it's true. Yes, it happened. And no, I'm not telling you who it was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, there's stories that I probably don't even need to mention right now that everybody's well aware of. Um, <laughs> but as far as dangerous things go, not really. I mean, there was occasion, I think, in my first year where we had um, a young island guy. Um, I think him and his partner had come over from New Zealand and uh, things had gone pear-shaped and he was paying her way through college and they split and she ended up moving into Alaboid and he got unfortunately quite drunk one night and came here and was trying to kick the front door to Ella and, and was threatening to hurt her and um, he was a big boy and uh, I came up and um, fairly green on the job. Thankfully I've always been pretty good at um, talking. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> so I sort of come up and introduced myself and he was like, who the mm, are you? And um, I just explained I'm the security on shift tonight. <laughs> and he goes, well, it's going to take far more than you to take me down, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, I have no doubt, mate. And I said, I'm no interest in fighting you because I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyways, we talked it out and he was in and out of rage because he was drunk. Um, but uh, I eventually managed to talk him down and um, the uh, police arrived on site and um, I agreed in the end to take his car keys and um, allowed him to sleep it off in his car for the night and um, checked on him in the morning and let him go. Um, but, I mean, anything that's been a really any trouble here through the years, as I said, I'm, I'm pretty good at talking. And uh, um, while I have a potential for violence, um, it's not something that I've used in a lot of years mm. and I mm. plan not to. I don't yeah. enjoy it. You have all. a very calming voice, if you I'm do. honest. Every time I'm like, oh. there's a problem <laughs> too, and you're like, I'm coming. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be calm <laughs> if I had an issue right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure. Um, so we've, we've kind of touched on this a little bit already, but um, we'd like to explore a little bit more about the, the pluses and the minuses. Now, you've already talked about the opportunity to, to bring uh, security into ministry. Mm. Um, but what are the what are the some of the other things that you love and some of the things that you really don't like about the job? Um, well, I guess I've got to be honest. We're not built to um, live backwards, and I have done for the best part of about twelve and a half years now. Um, yeah, permanent nights um, with the change in um, 
stuff just recently there's been a lot of extra hours and so I'm sort of doing a bit both um candles starting to get down a little bit but um I do enjoy seeing the sunlight but um swapping back and forth no fun um, exhausting yeah. yeah I but generally I work permanent nights um and that now works for me I'm just nocturnal it is what it is um it doesn't really bother me too much I guess the only downside to that is um I've done this job as long as I've been married and so I've never really shared a bed with my wife um which you know has that's been tough initially but um my wife's amazing and we make it work and it's just been sort of a um we've made a real point to try and make the hours that we do have together important um and I think you know it's funny in some strange way it's probably been healthy for our marriage because um probably not the easiest person to be married to (laughs) 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 but um you know we've I think because of my job it has really highlighted how important the important things are which I think a lot of us may take for granted because we've never really had to fight for them um whereas we have and um so you know there was moments in the early days of our marriage where it was real tough and we were in a really bad spot um and uh but honestly for the last i don't know probably nine years or so it was just building that up and i'd say particularly for the last six i'm it's kind of now felt like honeymoon years you know i think you get that sort of honeymoon bliss and then you get into the swing of things whereas we did things real backwards. It was a real rough start, and then we sort of made things right. And now that we have that appreciation and time spent and all that kind of stuff's really important, um, I feel like we're in our honeymoon years now, and I don't see that going away. I just I love it a bit, and it's amazing. I love marriage, and I feel so blessed to be married to the woman that I am. Mm-hmm. Love you, Mandy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Awesome. That's good. Oh, my heart just melted a little. (laughs) (laughs) It's always good to hear about happy marriages. Um, I have another question. What things do students do on campus that just make you laugh? Um, That's a tough one, to be honest. Or do they not make you laugh? Yeah. (laughs) They're not funny. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Do better. Make Chewie laugh. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, they do. I can't. It's not. I don't know, off the top of my head, there's no one thing. I mean, I laugh regularly with, <laughs> with them, I suppose. Oh, that's good, that's good. That's um, probably better than at them. Uh, yeah, I yeah, suppose. yeah. Oh, there's a little bit of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a little bit special, including me, I think. Um, but, yeah, I th- I don't know. There's not so much one thing or a few things that I think that with that I can think made me laugh. I, I laugh with them regularly. Um, I suppose... A lot of the stuff that I would laugh about, I'd probably laugh at later because in the moment it's usually stuff that I'm having to say, please don't. Yes, that's <laughs> true. You know, I, it's probably a little bit like I know my wife, um, she's a primary school teacher up at Avondale and um, she regularly is sort of relaying stuff that the kids do in the classroom where she's just like, oh, I just about wet my pants with laughter. <laughs> but of course she can't do that because she's trying to control a classroom. So yeah. she's like, the odd time I've had to you know, in quotes, accidentally 
drop a pencil so that I can go onto my desk and be like, <laughs> 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 and then come back and go, hey, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that it's probably a lot more of that for me, you know, because in the moment I've got to do my job. Yes. And um, yeah, I, I laugh about things later. And the cool thing is often with the students that have been at can I share a story? Sure. One of my favourite stories in this vein, you guys all know Noah Bench. <laughs> um, yes, we do. This is going to be good already. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it would be a couple of years ago now. Noah, I think, took about a year off. Um, Noah, I love Noah. He is hilarious. And uh, one of the best storytellers I have ever met. And um, just always good for a laugh. But um, when he first came to college, he was hard work, and probably more so because of company kept, which is usually the issue with most people. Um, but anyways, I, he turned up here, he was watching a basketball game during his year off, and um, I just went up and said hi, and he asked me how I was doing, da da da, da you know, formalities. And uh, anyways, we were chatting, I was asking him what he had been up to, and he said to me, Chewie, could I tell you a story? And I was like, sure and he goes i i think you'll find it funny i hope you'll find it funny but anyways i'm going to show you a picture while i'm while i'm finding the picture i'll tell you a story i said shoot and um he goes do you remember a while back you came down one night you see me on the camera trying to come up through the side door and i had like a couple of big bags and i was like yeah i remember that and um i went down there because i could seen him struggling up the stairs and i offered to give him a hand and uh I didn't think anything of it at the time, but he assures me that he was panicking hard. And I was like, oh, you didn't have alcohol or something in your bag, did you? And he goes, no, 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 nothing like that. And I was like, okay, well, what is it? And he goes, I'll, I'll show you the picture. So anyways, you came down, you offered to you know, help, me, help me with the bags, and I was sort of fairly insistent that, no, 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 I've got it. And um, anyway, you were insistent, and so I ended up letting you grab one of the bags, and of course, he went to grab the big suitcase and, I, and he was like, no, 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 I'll take that one. And I said, oh, it's all good. I'm sitting twice your size. It makes sense. I'll take the big one. Where are we going? And so anyway, he reluctantly let me take the suitcase. And um, he said, oh, just be careful. You know, I said, oh, yeah, cool. I said, what, you got camera gear or something? And then he's like, yeah, something like that. And so I just gave him a hand. And um, anyways, I lifted this bag all the way up to the third floor and he was so nervous that he let me. He lived on the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> and anyways, um, after that, he had obviously let me go and took the bag back down to his room <laughs> after that. And uh, I was none the wiser. I was just, you know, helping the guy out. And anyways, he goes, here it is. I found the picture. And he shows me this picture of the same suitcase in the middle of his room, open with his girlfriend in it at the time. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'd literally carried his girlfriend <laughs> up to his room for him. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, and he goes, he was like, oh, I'm not in trouble. I was like, you don't go here anymore, do you? And he's like, no. I said, so what am I going to do about it? And uh, I thought, I said, that's hilarious. Still one of my favorite stories. And we just laughed. And um, yeah, Aren't there anyway, stairs? So. Did you... Did yeah, you, it's did you pick her, yeah, the suitcase up yeah, she the was, stairs? I can't remember her name, but she was a tiny little wee thing, and she fitted and folded up into the suitcase. Yeah, and I carried her up the stairs in the suitcase. Yeah, here I am. All the people. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh. thinking it was camera gear or something, but 
No, it was a cuddly evening, so. Yeah, that's hilarious. She <laughs> must have felt so, I don't even know. Imagine being inside that, listening to that happening, going, oh my gosh, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> don't pick the big suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, so that made me laugh a lot. That's very yeah, funny. Fair enough. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Failed that night. <laughs> uh, good work keeping that a secret, Noah. Nicely oh. done. Um... So we're going to shift gears a little bit here. We want to sure. um, want to hear more about your relationship with God specifically and how okay. the security job has affected it all, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. further along that line. All right. Um, what do you want to know exactly? Uh, broad scope, I suppose. Just, um, I suppose, from the start of working in security, how you've seen God or how your relationship with him has changed right. as a result of it. Mm. Shall I shall I give you a little bit of testimony? Because it all sort of fits in. Mm, please. Okay. So when I said I was working at um, Sanitarium, uh, that so the end of the first semester when I got here, I was getting towards the end of the semester and I had three different lecturers pull me into their office one by one. I don't know if it, if it was coordinated or not. I don't think so. Um but they all called me in and said, look, academically, Scott, you're doing really well. Um, we just don't feel like you're in it, which in itself at the time was kind of strange. Um, and this is why I feel like it was kind of divine intervention. Um, and then they sort of, and I agreed. And I said, no, you're 100% right, I'm not. And they said, well, what are, you, what are you doing here? And I sort of said, well... As I said to you guys before, I said every door and window opened to get me here and I thought, you know, if I wanted to have any kind of vocation in this realm, this is how I did it. Um, but I don't want to work as a minister in a church and I I don't know, this just doesn't feel right for me and I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in it. And they said, oh, is there anything else that you're interested in that we f- offer here at college? And I went, not really. And um, they said, so what's your plans? And I said, I honestly don't know. I said, but I, I'm not coming back next semester. And, um, you know, there was all sorts of things tied to that. And my wife and I ended up coming over here together. We weren't married at the time, but we came over from New Zealand together. Um, I asked her to marry me in April, and we got married the following year. But So she's still studying here, doing her primary teaching. Um, and I left. And so couple of weeks I ended up getting a job working for an old man down Alton Road that I can't even, I think I got that through Mandy's auntie, but he paid me cash through some benefit that he was doing and I, um, his yard hadn't been touched in like over a year, so it was a jungle and uh, he'd had a hip injury or something, so I ended up basically just pulling everything out of his yard and giving some assemblance of a garden and stuff again and um, that paid my wage for a couple of weeks and um, I ended up going through Complete Staff Solutions temp agency and got a job at Sanitarium. Um, so for 11 months I'm packing wheat picks and um, that was a fun job. Um, the type of job where you can basically clock in and after the first week or two when the jobs you're doing just become muscle memory and you don't have to think about it, you clock in, you do your work, you clock out, go home, collect a paycheck. It's just totally stress-free and loved it <laughs> um, but of course at the same time I'm going what am I doing here God <laughs> yeah you know I had a job with a purpose before that I that I enjoyed and was you know it um, gave me satisfaction from start to finish and now I'm packing wheat bags 
um, which is, you know, for those that pack wee picks and love it, as I said, it was kind of cool. I just thought it doesn't fit with why I'm here in Australia. Um, so anyways, at one point I injured my wrist, um, dropped a big wee fix bin and tweaked my wrist and it was an old injury from high school, dealt with it a few times. So I think I took a day or two off, strapped it up and I was all good, came back to work. I was halfway through the shift and the equity officer come down and he said, can I see you in the office? Sure. So we went down and um, he said, look, I understand you've had an injury. And I said, yeah, it's all good. Not a problem. Don't worry about it. I'm back into it. And he goes, no, look, we need you to get an x-ray and a sign-off from the doctor and da-da-da-da. And I said to him, look, I, I really can't afford to do that right now because we were sort of seeking income and I was um, helping to sort of put my wife through, um, you know, through uh, college and paying rents and all that kind of jazz. And um, so I'm, I'm worried about money, um, which makes the next part of the story make no sense. Um, so he basically said to me, look, you're going to have to take your uniform off clock out and you're not allowed back on site until you've fulfilled this part of what we need. And I was like, um, yeah, well, I, I can't afford to do that. And so in the weirdest moment, I just turned to him. I said, you know what? Let me make it easier for you. I quit. And I walked out. And as soon as that door shut behind me, I just went, oh, crap, what have <laughs> I done? I don't have a job. And then I thought, well, I've got the rest of the afternoon to think about that. Um, in the moment, I need to sort of de-stress because I've just done a dum-dum. <laughs> and um, I thought, well, I'll just come and head over to Watson and see the boys because all my mates were still studying in Watson at the time. And um, I didn't make it across the road between sanitarium here and college before my phone rang. There's a man by the name of John Kennedy on the other end who was just recently hired about a month before as the security manager here. And uh, he introduced himself, um, said that he'd be given my name by somebody um, for a potential job at college. And I said, okay. Um, he said, could we? Could I come in for a meeting? I said, sure. And uh, he goes, um, whereabouts are you? I said, well, where are you? And he goes, I'm in the admin building. I said, well, I'm less than 100 metres away. And he goes, oh, how's now? I said, now's good. So I walked across there. Um, we sat down and had a verbal and da-da-da-da, expectations of the job, money, da-da-da. Um, and he said to me, how much sleep did you have last night? I said, uh, random question. And he goes, yeah, well, how much sleep did you have last night? Did you have good sleep? And I went, yeah, I suppose so. And he said, good, can you start tonight? And I went, are you serious? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, be here at seven. And I was like, wow, Okay. So I was without a job for less than 20 minutes, and um, the rest is history. That was nearly 12 and a half years ago. Right. Um, you know, and the job's been, it's had its moments. Um, there's been ups and downs, but o overall, I've loved it. And as we sort of discussed earlier, I have no doubt in my mind now that God opened up all those windows and doors to get me here. And I think the only reason God allowed me to go through that process of coming through college and stuff is because if God had whispered in my ear in Christchurch and said, hey, leave your full-time sign writing job and come and work permanent nights on security, I would have gone, no. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, it had to happen that way to sort of get me here. And as I said, it probably took me a year or two to sort of get into the role. I turned up on the night and I was given a set of keys and a torch and just basically said, where you go? And oh I was like, um, no pressure. Okay. 
So what do I do? Wait, so no formal training? Nothing. (laughs) It was just kind of like make it up. And so the next couple of years, I apologized a lot and and learned from my mistakes and essentially made the job up. Wow. And then um, that manager went on his way and um, another manager took place and um, there was ups and downs there. Um, And now I'm essentially in that role and... um, trying to do my best through all the things that I really disliked about how I was previously managed Mm. um, and not do those things with the colleagues that I have now. Um, They're a blessing and they um, they're all pretty honest and forthcoming which I really appreciate and it also means that when they tell me that they love love me and I'm doing a good job Mm. I can trust that and Mm. so I no, under no illusion that I'm perfect. Um, there's always things to tidy up, but um, I've got a really tight team, and I love what we're doing right now, mm. and um, just excited about moving forward. To be honest, so I love that. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have a question before yes. we go to our, our final question. Yeah. Um, and this one I didn't send to you ahead of time, but you just mentioned about you know you're leading your team. Mm. Um, can I ask what's your goal as as you know security at avondale college like what's what's the goal there that you want um other than you know (laughs) protecting us (laughs) well to be honest like i we had a guy lined up to um we had an interview with a guy last week to um move into the team um he was not a well he said identify as a catholic Mm. um i think given the question sort of the persona that came with it Mm. obviously not practicing or anything he was just identified as a catholic um and i said to him you know the job's security but i said and i expect that all doors and windows and stuff will be locked and the place will be taken care of i said my main concern here is the well-being of our students and Mm -hmm. I said so it's probably not likely to happen in the immediacy for you but I said expect that as the students get to know you I'm hoping that you will be able to adapt and have a relationship with them that at some point on a given night you might get a knock on the door and somebody might want to have a chat to you um, and a download and Mm -hmm. I said even if all you do is listen can I just say though, yeah. people don't naturally approach security guards or no. c- security people in their workplace, but you guys have worked so much that you guys actually come and say hi to us to mm. a point that we're like very comfortable to come and come yeah. and chat to you, you, you journey. Like, it's just like, wow, I've never seen a I'm really glad to hear that because that's, do that. yeah, that's what I've pushed for. I've, I've tried for years to try and sort of, particularly at the beginning of semester, get a a foot in the door when we're doing the hellos to the new students and stuff and sort of just address that because I know what the role of a security guard is usually and it's to, I think in most people's minds it's to, you know, kill fund. Um, (laughs) Don't do this and don't do that. I said, and yes, there is is a point of that and it's necessary because there's no point explaining that. It's Mm -hmm. necessary. But at the same time, what I've generally, when I've had a chance, said, it's like, I'm not here to kill your fun. Yeah. I'm here to hopefully give you the best opportunity to have the best time possible. Mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got the keys to the city. If you want to have fun, come and see me. <laughs> yeah. You know, within reason. Yeah. Um, the only time we're ever really going to hash- have an issue is if your fun 
comes at the expense of somebody's right to study or sleep yeah. or somebody else's fun, mm. then we've got a problem. Yeah. Mm. But otherwise, I want to help you have the best Avondale experience you can have. I want you to be able to experience Avondale like I did in the dorms. Mm. You know, I wish that I could have found back then. I mean, I wouldn't change my experience here for anything. I love what I do. I love the journey that it's been. But, you know, if I could have had a longer experience in the dorms and been more a part of the Avondale experience in the student form, oh, man, in a second. I Best six months or, what is it, 15 weeks we have in a semester? Yeah. Seriously, one of the best times of my life, to the point where my poor wife, I've said to her a couple of times since, why did you marry me? <laughs> because looking back at that, I remember her almost daily. It would, you know, Chewy, Mandy's here to see you over the um, intercom. And I remember sitting up in those rooms sometimes with the boys just being like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she was such an inconvenience because I was having such an awesome time. And sometimes yeah. I'd get down to the foyer, wouldn't even t take my feet off the, you know, the get on the ground off the stairwell because I'd be like, no intention of going out with her because I was having fun with the boys. Yeah. And, you know, I, you can sit here and think, what a dick, and I'll agree with you because <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> but it was just... It was such an awesome time that even this woman that I loved and was going to marry was an inconvenience to it. And, you know, looking back now, the boys can go and get stuffed. I'd rather be with my wife. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that time... Well, well, well. Good turn. <laughs> Changed his mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, that, that time in Watson, that Avondale yeah. experience, mm. I, you know, if I could give you guys anything, it would be just half of or more than what I had. It was so awesome. Mm. So, yeah, that's my goal yeah. mm. to help you guys have an Avondale experience. I love that. Mm. You know, and if I can do my job and get paid to do that at the same time, hey, lucky me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, final question. Um, as part of the security team, you've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of the life on campus. You've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, mm. So, what is it? that you think students need the most? If there was one thing that you think the students need? Oh, that's easy, Jesus. Wow. Yeah, too easy, too easy. <laughs> um, and to, yeah, yeah. Um, and to sort of uh, build on that a little bit, how can we bring that into to meeting the needs of our community? Um, to be honest, it's, it's funny, but for the last years on the job here, um, we had been running a prayer group while I'm on shift. And a large portion of that prayer every night was that those in roles um, of management and stuff in here would have a real heart um, to be led by Jesus. Um, and that the students would start to have a real heart and desire for chasing Jesus as well. And um, it was, that's come into fruition. And that's seen such an honor and so beautiful to watch. Um, to the point where last year sometime I sort of came back. Well, I didn't come back. I was here, but the students came back. And I went to start prayer group and nobody was turning up and I was really disheartened. Um, but then I realized it was because around about the time that I had the opportunity to do prayer group at work, um, they were already running Bible studies and stuff. And I was like, 
there's no point being upset about that because that's what you were praying for. And I've noticed that a lot more in the dorms that the students have started to really take hold of their own spirituality and share that amongst their peers in the dorms and that's everything that we prayed for. So I was in a real transition period um, of thinking, okay, well, I don't do that anymore because it's taken care of. Um, what do I do now? And so I was kind of floundering for a while. Um, but God's made it really obvious to me of late that I'm still available if the students need me. But I'm also in a position where I am trying to share and bring about that spirituality in my own immediate team and um, encourage everybody to do that. And uh, so now at the beginning of our shifts, I'm doing a devotional prayer with my colleagues. And um, not only has that been amazing for me, but they're all loving it too. And um, it's brought about a new level of cohesiveness with us. And so um, I'm just sort of learning to try and listen and allow God to lead us um, and be okay with it being a different path than I've been used to for the last few years. Um, and I guess that's sort of a, a more intentional focus on us because um, I think if we're more spiritually connected, then we're more available to be used by God at whatever point he needs to lead us in the future, whatever that may be. So, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tui, for Pleasure. um for joining us on the podcast and sharing with how how God has led you um into a path that you had no no plans on going, but like here you are, and I hear the passion in your voice in in how you are um, reaching the students and meeting them where they are at and sharing Jesus in that way. Mm. Um, for those of you listening, if you would like to contact Chui, how's mm -hmm. the best way to contact you? Um, well, on the official channels, um, scott.hill at avondale.edu.au. Um, that's most of my business-related stuff, work-related stuff. Um, so there. Um, otherwise, if you want some prayer or you want to catch up personally for whatever reason, um, Scott Chewy Hill on Messenger. And um, I will open that at some point and I'll get back in touch with you. I love, love it. to talk. <laughs> thank you so much, Chewie. And thank you so much, Mitch. It's been awesome hosting with you. Pleasure. Um, we will see you next week. Let us know what you want to hear about next, and we'll see you next week. See Thanks, ya. Team.